Charlie, the Bulldogs have got two flags now. That was two years ago, mate. Get over it. If you think we'll be insightful, clever or just well researched, we're here to say that's not the case. We'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one car. It is Friday, September the 14th. It is semi-final weekend. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And you know what? AFL is much easier to follow when there's only four games over a weekend. Much easier to follow. They should do that every week. Well, that would extend the season. They could yeah. just play all year round, but just four games every round. And everyone could just really concentrate on it. Yeah, it's much easier to arrange your day. I had like Sunday off. It was awesome. Yeah, exactly. That, imagine if we were on the AFL Rules Committee, my favourite game that we play on this podcast. Imagine yeah. if we ever got on the <laughs> AFL Rules Committee. Um, so we're going, our idea is four games a weekend. We feel yeah. like four is the sweet spot. Oh, sorry, two, four teams, two games, Friday night, Saturday night, really clears up some time. And a 50-metre goal square. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> goal square that's from one end to the other. You can actually run from one goals to the other goals, if you like. Any surprises to come out of the weekend? Not really. Not really. I mean, Melbourne, I guess, but a lot of people pick them as being favourites going into that match. I think the one reassuring thing is that Hawthorne will not win a flag this year. They may win another final, but they're not beating, they're not beating Richmond. Uh, I don't know if you saw the injury news this morning, but O'Meara is out of the game tonight, which really throws it in Melbourne's favour, you would have thought. But um, it does open up an intriguing possibility, Charlie, because <laughs> if you're looking at the Hawthorne whiteboard and you're like, we've got O'Meara out and we're probably going to lose this game unless we have some sort of X factor or should we say Y factor, <laughs> if I put a C in front of it and a rule. Over after it, Cyril. 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 I mean, they could. Why not? Why not? The, the exciting thing uh, about Melbourne's charge is that there's still plenty of opportunity for them to kind of stumble. Like, there's still enough opportunity for us to be like, you know, see what happens. Or are you around on that now? Are you now a, a card-carrying Melbourne supporter? I... I'm on Melbourne for tonight. I'm excited about their, their prospects. Um, they look good. They look good last week. I loved watching them the other night. I thought it was, you know, I really enjoyed, um, uh, you know, just the, I mean, the ferocity of their approach. They reminded me of the Bulldogs in 2016, the way they just attacked every competition. You're reminded of all the players you like who mm. are there. Um, Harms is like a, Harms has got that punchable face still, but he's kind of a more, like, you know, flamboyant and adorable bug, I think. Yeah. I yeah. think they've updated their bug. They had a bug yeah. in the system and they've brought in a harms <laughs> nice. to play that role. And he's a slightly lo more lovable thug. Um, I Here's what I will say. If Melbourne go all the way, I'm going to start thinking that I am... Remember in the newspaper, they used to have Kiss of Death? Yeah. And the, it, the idea of the column was whoever they picked, it would be the opposite. Yeah. And... If Melbourne win this season, it'll be three seasons in a row. In 2016, we started this podcast because I didn't think that the Bulldogs had any hope of making the finals, yeah. right? They won the premiership. The next year, 
we basically said that Richmond were no good. They were Richmondy, and they won the premiership. Yeah. If Melbourne managed to win the premiership this year, I feel like we are literally the kiss of death. Yeah. Whatever, whatever team we write off, they are the team that are going to go on and win the premiership. Well, it's got it's got to be the Saints then, because they are a shit heap. Like there is, we're in serious trouble. So let's just write off the Saints now. Let's get started early for season twenty nineteen, and uh, get us a flag. I mean, do you have more hope with what's been happening in the last few days around trades and the and coaches and all those sort of things? Is there any? Um, I feel like chicken tonight. <laughs> No, like no. chicken tonight. <laughs> no, I feel like uh, are you saying get, get are you saying get the chicken train, Ricky Nixon? Yeah, yeah Ricky Gilbert. Nixon back to the Nixon back to the Saints. That's what I'm saying. Back to Seaford, Nixon back to the Saints, and Saints back to Seaford. That's my. It'd be great my, if the new president stood up at his yeah the meeting and just said, "I feel like chicken tonight." And what I mean by that is we're bringing Ricky Nixon back to footy. There's two narratives that are running in my head. One is like. This year was an aberration. It was an adjustment period with the right support staff. You know, we can refocus. We now know what our flaws are. Maybe we can get it back together next. Surprise a few people next year. But there's another part of me which is like, we just don't have it. Like it's been five years of of development, and we don't. We didn't unearth that Bontempelli or that Dustin Martin or whatever if, with those four or five years of kind of first round draft picks. We don't really have anyone to build the future on like the, all the trading we're talking about is bringing in someone to sell memberships or 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 or, or like uh, um bring leadership to the club like they they're talking about Hanbury is like well you know he's a, he's a great trainer and he's played in premierships yeah. and stuff and it's like but i mean it's not i want to know what the players we have at the moment did they not play junior football like did they not play in finals like have they always been in underachieving teams like why is it that we have to import leaders like they had nick revolt there for fucking 15 years did it did he have absolutely no effect on these players i would say that you know revolt's criticism if you read between the lines seems to be that they're not training hard enough right, right. that they don't have the right attitude around the club to know it they think they're training hard and they think they're reviewing hard but compared to what they should be they're not doing that i think that hannabury does come with that culture of he's renowned as being one of the greatest trainers in the AFL, and he is coming from a winning culture. So maybe their idea is that you get him down and basically he just says, well, hey, you might think that you're training hard. You might think you're hitting the gym hard. Um, but, you know, in Sydney, we were hitting it a lot harder than this. Yeah, I mean, that 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 clearly is the strategy. But it's just, I I guess it, it speaks to who was... Who was doing the player development? Like, where? What? What's the leadership program down there? If you lose one player like that, and then the standards drop off completely. And also, look, I mean, it is one of those things about Nick. Nick Revolt would fucking run two kilometers before the start of a game. Like, maybe we shouldn't all be training as hard as Nick Revolt. Like, maybe, maybe he's just an exceptional athlete who needed to do that to get his head in the game. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not, not sure one that... of you motherfuckers has had their knee drained before a game <laughs> at all this season. And everyone's like, well, we don't need to. And I said, well, Rewalt did it even when he didn't need to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what was the biggest, who was the biggest bust of the finals? Was it Geelong? Oh. Was it I Hawthorne mean, Geelong and Sydney. Or, or Sydney. Must have been, no, Sydney, really. They didn't score a goal yeah, after t- half time, did they? 
Well, uh, yeah, I mean, they were, until the final couple of minutes, I think they'd only scored two goals for the entire game. Like, I mean, GWS trounced them. Yeah. They never looked in at Sydney. Um, yeah. I thought Geelong, that Geelong-Melbourne game, weirdly enough, because Melbourne jumped them at the start, but they wasted a lot of opportunities in Melbourne. And you just always kind of felt like, even though Geelong weren't playing that well, that they were they were in it. They could come like, back, Like, you know, yeah. there was a chance that if they just got a couple of goals or if they got a bit of luck, that they were still gettable. Whereas in the Sydney GWS game, like, they got to a point where you were like, is Buddy going to get to touch it today? Yeah. They were ferocious, actually. They were my surprise packet of the finals weekend. Is I, for some reason, I had it in my head that you know because of all the injuries and stuff that they were they were limping, but they just looked like Melbourne. They looked ferocious. They're attacking the ball, but it was also that strut that GWS had back. Like they seemed cocky. Like Himmelberg was marking everything. Toby Green's fucking kung fu kicking left, right, and center. <laughs> there was just a general attitude of, "You're done, old men." Like, that's what it was. It was the young punks just saying to the old guys, fuck off. Like, we are now we are now the kings of Sydney. Get out of here. It's like Toby Green took the time off and went, how can I become more hated? Yeah. Like, that's what I'm going to really work on. I'm going to ramp up. Like, he was going for marks. Like, he'd spent the entire time that he'd been out of the game watching the Karate Kid franchise. Yeah. Like, you know, at training, they had footage of him only painting fences and waxing <laughs> floors. It was... Like crazy. He he does remind me of, I feel like in every junior footy club, there is that one guy. Like he's normally a half forward flanker or forward pocket or whatever. And he's the dude who just like flies for whatever and doesn't mind if he puts hands in the backs. He'll climb all over you. He'll fucking kick you in the stomach or whatever. He's just all about just like flying for the mark. Doesn't really give a shit about personal safety. Doesn't give a shit about the rules, really. The, no. the guy who would always do the double hands on the shoulders and launch himself onto your shoulders. That yeah. guy. Yeah, that guy. But do you think that, I mean, he kicked, was it Dalhouse in the face? He, he punched Caleb yeah. Daniel. He kicked Dalhouse. <laughs> so, like, I mean, you I would say pick on someone your own size, but yeah, they are the only players who are his own size. <laughs> but you would have thought that after the Dalhouse one, which looked more accidental than the one on the weekend that he would have been pulled into line, but like still no kind of like sanction or, or talk of rule change or anything. No, I think it's the opposite. I think he got a taste for it. Yeah. It was like his first kill. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, that felt good. That felt good kicking a pretty little guy in the face. I was like, I want to do that again. When could I do that again? I did see him interviewed after the game and it's the first time I've like heard his voice. And it's fair to say, the voice matches the face. Like the player that you see, the voice matches. It's not like he's very eloquent or anything like that or he's like super bogan or anything, but it's just it perfectly matches what you think Toby Green would sound like. Yeah, I heard, and you know, I, this is n not really in our zone, but I've got a little bit more of appreciation of Toby Green because I heard some sort of off-air conversations this week about Toby Green and how hard his growing up had been. And, you know, the, the, the family kind of, you know, the, the stable family. And I won't go into details because, you know, but the stable family and role models and stuff perhaps weren't there that some of the other players had. And so I think the way he plays probably is representative of – he's probably had to scrape and steal and yeah, con well, his way to the level when you he's go, at. When you go to a green family Christmas, that's how they greet each other. They just kick him in the chest. Yep. <laughs> you open the door and yeah. dad kicks you in the chest and then, like, granddad <laughs> comes over, kicks you in the chest. He was just saying hello. Yeah, they high-five each other, but with their feet. <laughs> it's a normal thing. Richmond looked really good on Friday night. 
Yeah, Dustin Martin was oh. like, he's just been warming up into the finals and then he was just ready to go. Like that? That, that girl. I mean, <laughs> like, it, it just, it defies logic. Like a drop punt from that angle moving away from the goals. It was just incredible. So you'll enjoy this. Okay. Um, last Friday night, Amy decided to... Uh, I was watching the game and she decided she was doing other things, but for the first quarter, I think maybe we were eating or whatever. So she sat down with me and, and half watched the footy. And, uh, here were some of the comments that she made during that game. Okay. Um, is this the one the honey badger plays? <laughs> I was like, no, that's rugby union. She's like, oh, um, then I do explain the difference between rugby league and rugby union. And she oh was like, God. what is the difference? And I was like, well, basically, one's played by private schools and one's played by, like, you know, you know, public schools, state schools. And, you know, so one's kind of the working class game, that's rugby league, and one's the sort of posh game, that's rugby union. And the Honey Badger plays rugby union. And she's like, so the Honey Badger is an example of a posh person? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, when you put it like that. <laughs> and so, and then I was like, well, she goes, well, what's the difference between this is not either of those? And I was like, no, this is the AFL, the one that I like. I said it's played on an oval. And then... She was just mocking the fact that it was played on an oval. Then I said, well, for a goal, they get six points. She goes, why six? Why isn't it five for a goal and one for a point? Wouldn't that be easier to keep the score? And I was like, yeah, I guess there is a reason. I I have no idea what that reason is. Hang, why hang isn't on. six? Can we, how, how do you, how do you mock an oval? Like what, what's to mock? she was like she actually said to me she was like oh look at us we're playing on an oval it's thinner at one end and it's thicker in the middle <laughs> i mean that does sound a little non-specific like if you'd been playing on a like a, 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 a an, in an octagon you could have really said the same thing well here's what i will say charlie other than cricket and i guess that's why football is played on an oval because we were playing it on cricket grounds originally right but there isn't actually a lot of other sports that are played on ovals. So once I started to think about it, because she was like, basketball's played on a rectangle yeah, and right. rugby league and rugby union are played on rectangles and soccer's played on a rectangle. So so you suddenly realize, you're like, yeah, there isn't actually, I mean, ice hockey. No, it's a rectangle, isn't it? Ice hockey, it's a rectangle. That's a good point, actually. I haven't really thought right? about that. <laughs> I mean, there's really no other... Sports that are played on an oval. I mean, even with cricket, it tends to be more round than an oval. They're like the AFL oval is very kind of egg shaped. Uh, okay, ice hockey is oval. There you go. Ice is hockey it? is an oval. No, it's not. <laughs> well, that's what Mike Hal just said. Uh, you've and been he would to probably the... know more than we do. You've been to the ice hockey. Is it an oval? I could have sworn that was a that was a square uh, or a rectangle. Oh, the corners are rounded. Okay. All right. Sure. Well, you know what? Uh, yeah, We've it's, it's often... not really an oval, though, is it? It's like no. a, a rectangle with round, rounded corners. Rounded, rounded corners, yeah. It's a beveled table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, uh, I, I don't. I just feel like <laughs> I don't know who is going to beat Richmond this year. Like, who do you think is is Collingwood better poised or West Coast? I don't know. It's hard to get a beat on West Coast because you just don't know how they're going to be at the MCG. Mm. Um, although I, I did read an article this week saying that that that's actually not true of this year. They've been very good on the road this year. Yeah, they've been good on the road this year, but playing two home finals and then having to play it essentially, well, at Richmond's home ground 
if you're playing against Richmond. I still think there's a home ground advantage for the Victorian team there. Um, they know that they know the MCG pretty well by now. The Eagles aren't any strangers to the MCG. I don't think I that know, would... but Richmond haven't lost a game there for two years, yeah. so there's also that. Yeah. Um, I think that Melbourne are probably the best bet against Richmond if Melbourne are firing. If Melbourne were, I think they've got the most upside. Melbourne, where they could just that last game could have given them some real confidence, and if they come out tonight and get on a real roll against Hawthorne and, you know, smash them, then suddenly, you know, they'd have a lot of confidence, I reckon. Well, the traditional philosophy is always that the teams that finish top four, if they lose the first week, they win the second week. Has that been turned on its head in the last couple of years? It's probably not the case anymore, No, not really. The Bulldogs did, but they, yeah. last year, I think both the losers won the second week. Um, I would say that Hawthorne aren't your traditional top four side. Maybe that's unfair to Hawthorne. They finished top four, but mm. I feel like, they didn't feel like they were a standout top four side. And I think that with the injuries they've got, Stratton and O'Meara, yeah. I just think coming up against Melbourne, that's a that's a tough. Unless, Charlie, Cyril, Cyril, Cyril. Can you just imagine? Just keep rolling, 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 rolling. What? Keep rolling, 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 rolling. What? Back up, back up. <laughs> what you going to do now? Yeah, if he does the Undertaker WWE entrance... I'm all over that. Yeah. Um, now let's. We're gonna. We've got quite a big mailbag this week. Obviously, less games to talk about. So I thought we could get into the mailbag a bit early. We can always dip back to football conversation. But I had an urgent phone call from um, no, uh, two guys, one cup, number one ticket holder, Adam Spencer, <laughs> this week. Got in touch this week and said some urgent information. Needed my email address stat. Um, and so he sent me this message. Hey, just dropping you a quick note from Perth that I feel encapsulates the three defining elements of two guys, one cup. Number one, whispers from the West. Number two, Sockgate. Number three, not knowing who plays for West Coast. <laughs> he begins, I was kicking back at one of the restaurants at Crown Casino Perth, having just smashed a corporate gig. Google Adam Spencer if you need an MC for your next event. <laughs> Love it. Along comes an old friend of mine I haven't seen for a decade. She introduces me to her husband, Will, with two L's. Uh, well, what do you do with yourself, Will? I play football for the West Coast Eagles. Turns out it was former Geelong Cat, now Eagle defender, Will Schofield. Lovely guy. He told me that he runs a pod for West Coast called Eagles Backchat, that, having heard of Sockgate, has now gone into complete gory detail about all things Eagles kit-related. So, if you want the deep dive, subscribe to Eagles Backchat. So, how about that? Two Guys, One Cup has inspired the Eagles podcast to talk about their kits. If we've achieved nothing, and we haven't, <laughs> we've achieved that. We've got the Eagles talking about us. Ironically, they're whispering in the West about us. Yeah, I, I like to think of us as uh, not a team that made the finals, but we're shaping the finalists. Yeah, that's right. Uh, knowing how media works, uh, my good, my good mate, Will Schofield was happy to provide your cup wits with the following juicy teasers. <clears throat> a, West Coast have a long travel bag into which all gear goes post away games. B, home or away, there is a protocol where players must present their gear in a way that respects the laundry person. For example... If in removing your socks they turn inside out, you must turn them back outside so the launderer doesn't have to touch your sweaty socks. That round of applause is both for this excellent bit of information that I'd never considered, 
but also to whoever instituted that rule. I like that. Turn the socks back in the right way. Yeah, you don't want to have to touch the yucky, sweaty, stinky football socks. That's obvious. They've been known to get updates at team meetings, such as, guys, last week only 16 of the 22 socks were presented properly. Come on, you're better than that. <laughs> it's a bit of John Kennedy Sr. in that. Don't think. <laughs> do! Turn those socks back out. <laughs> oh, man. I, I imagine that. Imagine if that's your leading team's moment where everyone's like, we think you're, here's the positive. We think you're a fantastic team and, you know, you're willing to back into packs without any disregard for your own safety. On the downside, three games this season, socks have been in the wrong way. It's just not, it's just not the way we do things here at the Eagles. Uh, C, communal shorts and socks. Only one size of sock, but many sizes of shorts, which they, which are then distributed in a barrel by size. Will is an extra large and can name all the other extra larges in the squad. And in his words, is completely cool with wearing the shorts of an extra large teammate, uh, that an extra large teammate wore the week before. For a man with a prelim 10 days away, he looked eerily calm. Uh, expect an extra large game I'm def- uh, in defense from him alongside your favorite player and West Coast captain, Shannon Byrne. Sharon Byrne. <laughs> nice one. Nice one, Spence. Thank you for writing in. Yep, that's great. Good update. I love the idea that there's a way that you have to actually present your uniform back. I like well, that. That's was respectful. It, was it Ken Hinckley, uh, famous story about Ken Hinckley at Port Adelaide, where he found like screwed up tape in the floor or, or like spilt Gatorade or something like that and called the entire team in and was like, listen, you know, you got to respect everyone who works here. It's not just about you guys. Pick up your bloody rubbish. Yeah. And that's why so many players now want to leave Port Adelaide. <laughs> Pollock left for that reason. He loves to litter. Yeah. And at North Melbourne, they said you can litter as much as you like, mate. Keep Australia ugly. That's his philosophy. Uh, we have an email from, sorry, a uh, Facebook message from Scott Steer. Now, this is a few uh, weeks old, but I thought it was worth bringing up because it made me laugh when I read it. All caps, news from up north. <laughs> so I guess that's uh, when we get whispers from the west, we get news from up north when it's Queensland related. The Gold Coast Suns wash wash jumpers and shorts. Players allocated socks at the start of the year and look after them. Each week, new socks are sorted out after the old property stewards give the players hell whilst reluctantly handing more over. Further still, keep this next one anonymous. Oh, yeah, no, that's fine. (laughs) Keep this next one anonymous. It's fine. His name can be used, but he sent me an email. Further still, keep this next one anonymous, but uh, casting back to your season preview, this year, you joked about Stuart Dew bringing his personal fitness regime and 100 years of footy culture to be fast-tracked. Well, how's this for his first day? So this is like this is a leak from Gold Coast, Will. An email in the subject line. Is this some um, Gold Coast gossip? Gold Coast gossip. In the subject line, it's pie day with about 500 exclamation marks. Morning, everyone. To celebrate the exciting appointment of Stuart, please join us in the kitchen around 12.30 to enjoy a pie and a soft drink. Stuart Dew making his mark early at the Gold Coast Suns. And we've uh, asked you all to get there at 12.30 because Stuart will arrive at 12.45 and after that there'll be no pies left. So get in early. Now, we got a lot of people writing in 
about uh, Nat Fife's uh, Fashion Week uh, appearance this week. Did you see any of the backstage video or footage? I haven't really. I've seen a lot of people sent it to me, but I've had a pretty busy week, and so I didn't get a chance to uh, actually read any of the correspondence. But I saw a lot of photos of our um, introverted extrovert, <laughs> Nat Fife. Well, Liam Dulacia writes in about Nat Five, just slightly different track. Hey, whispers from the West, Nat Five, Nat Life. Just saw Nat Five hanging out at the Aardvark in Frio, watching live music with his fellow non-conformist, like the true introvert he is. <laughs> also, my friends, uh, also my friends are in the and that are playing. Oh, also my friends are in the band that are playing. They'll be stoked to hear that they've played for Brownlow Med- Medalist. Can confirm. He clapped after each song. Well, that's good to know. Well, that is good to know. No, I appreciate that, that he can appreciate other people's good work. Well, he's probably bought the pub, let's be honest. So, yeah, it's a good venue. Uh, Jordan Bell gets in touch. Hey, you had a brainstorm tonight that might improve uh, your quality of life, Charlie. I know you love rule changes, so our our new rules might help you. Imagine... The 2010 drawn grand final, instead of a replay, they play a one-off, winner-takes-all style, first to the ball, instead of a penalty shootout or equivalent. All players start on the boundary line, then the umpire bounces the ball, and they all sprint madly to the center to take possession of the ball. So, like, it's a mad, mad, mad world style, like a treasure hunt kind of thing. There's a mad pile-up, and who's ever at the bottom of the pack with the ball in possession wins. The suspense of the players slowly unpiling themselves to find the eventual cup winner at the end of the pile-up will be ultimate entertainment. Love you, boys. Pure, awful entertainment. Up the coasters. What do you think, Will? Here's what I'm going to say, firstly. Yeah. Is I love this idea. I love this idea more than anything. But I love it so much that I don't think that it should just be wasted on, you know, tied grand finals. Because... The problem is we're not going to see it enough. Yeah, I or say, ever again. I say we replace the bounce with this. So after every goal, <laughs> the players have to, you know, they're going to have starting positions next year, you know, six, six, and six. Mm-hmm. I say it's, it's different to that. Everybody has to start behind the boundary line at some point. The ball is placed in where they would traditionally bounce it by the umpires. Or in fact, they can still bounce it. They can still bounce the ball, right, in the center. But as they bounce it, everybody starts sprinting. (laughs) (laughs) Paddy Keeley gets in touch. Hey, guys, I love your work. I really don't understand the obsession with Alex Rance. He's a diver, and he likes punching blokes in the back of the head while they're down. And he sent a link of the uh, Jack Watts incidents where Jack Watts marking contest, he falls on back of him and then punches him in the back of their head. My question is, uh, have you missed, forgotten, or overlooked this incident when you go on and on about him? Uh, um, I'm going to say s- slightly missed, uh, slightly forgotten, mostly overlooked. Yeah, I'm sort of in the same bracket. I think, look, I think with 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 certain players, if if this was all that Alex Rance did, if he was like Thomas Bug and he just punched dudes in the back of their head, he was just a sniper, then I wouldn't love him. But the fact is, and it's a sad truth, I'm not saying it's a perfect theory, the stuff that he does so well is so good that it makes me overlook the shitty stuff like that every now and then. Well, I think it makes him more interesting. Every hero needs his flaw. Superman needs his kryptonite. You know, like Superman, um, Alex Rance, would be just a bit too boring if he wasn't, you didn't see that little bit of his actual, you know, the fact that he can be, you know, dirty and can be a little bit hard and he can be a little bit, but he's also one of those people, Alex Rance, that 
absolutely divides people. Like the there was so many much vicious commentary around his selection in an all Australian team from people who are Alex Rance truthers. Like there's a, there's a subset <laughs> of people out there who yeah. just can only see the flaws in Alex Rance and can't see the upside. We're probably the opposite. Yeah. We're probably like we're willing to ignore the flaws because we like the upside so much, but there are people who can only see the downside. Jagger Skillback gets in touch. Hey, fellas, just wanted to send you a whisper regarding the puppies. I work at the local supermarket. Liam Pickin picks his produce from. There's a nice little tongue twister. The local supermarket, Liam Pickin picks his produce from. And if, have- if Liam Pickin picks his produce, <laughs> prick, his prickly produce, because he's only picking up some prickly pears. Yeah. If Pickin picks some prickly pears, I think from the Liam Pickin section. Liam Pickin picked a pack of prickly pears. <laughs> Uh, I work at the supermarket where Liam Pickin picks his produce from and have noticed his tendencies for buying unhomogenized milk. Does this concentrated dose of fat render Liam and the puppies slow and unable to keep up with the rest of the league? Pico declined for comment. Uh, I assume he didn't decline to comment. I assume that our correspondent didn't go up up to Liam Pickin and ask him for commentary around this. But... um, I follow, as I've mentioned before, his wife uh, on Instagram, and she is very open about this sort of, you know, alternative lifestyle and life perspective that they have. She's a very interesting person. I think they would be way up in the, you know, unpasteurized milk and the. Yeah, they've probably know, got a, one of those almonds. filters you put over your tap, you know, the ones that like change the electrolytes or some shit as it comes out of your tap. you seen those, those water filters that are like magic? Yeah, there'd be some, I imagine there'd be some sort of crystal arrangement. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Chris Finch, Finchy gets in touch. Hey, guys. Currently listening to the latest Two Guys, One Cup, and after hearing you couldn't pick Shane Edwards out of a lineup, I thought to myself, I definitely know what Shane Edwards looks like. But after hearing Will mention he was an Indigenous player, I began to doubt myself. A quick Google revealed I was actually thinking of Brandon Ellis. I've never seen yeah. Shane Edwards in my life. <laughs> by the way, we had a lot of Shane Edwards defenders. And so many. On them, by the way. And I, I hope that none of our conversation last week was actually seen as a... It's about our lack of knowledge of people rather than... But he is the And also, man. the stats that we were reading from were Wikipedia, which were only up until round 15, which is why we were, like, flummoxed, is why they were so right. low. Yeah. Yeah, we're not champion data. We're the no. opposite of champion data. <laughs> we're loser data. We are incomplete loser data. <laughs> Pavley Watkins. Hey, guys. Listen to your latest cast whilst on the way to work this morning. I love the retirement round idea. Got me thinking. I would like a theft round or a life on life's terms round. Not sure what to call it, but it would work as follows. In the week leading up to the game, the coaches from opposing teams have a press conference. During this press conference, the coaches choose one player from the opposing team. The objective of the game is to win that player. The game is then played. The losing team then has to give the chosen player. The bags containing the gear, the two chosen players, are held by an AFL official during the match. Kind of like money in the bank. (laughs) Both bags are ceremoniously handed to the victorious coach. The chosen player of the losing team is immediately added to the list of the victorious team while the siren sounds. He has to walk off the ground with his new team and he's thrown in the middle of the playing group for a bukkake. (laughs) Would love to hear your thoughts on this. 
I love it. Uh, there's a lot of reality shows where, like, you know, if two people are going out to an illumination thing, they pack their bags, you know, from the mansion yeah, yeah. or whatever they've been living in together, and then the person will come back and grab one bag, and that's how everybody else knows. I love that idea. I think that's a really cool idea. I like the idea that they're incorporated into the, you know, the Gatorade shower. That's their, yeah, because it's their first win for the club, you know. So, and I like the idea that that means technically that that player could play for several teams during yes. the season. Because, yes. for example, you'd roll your, your money on, do we roll Dusty. our dice on Dusty Martin, for example, yeah. and try to get Dusty, but knowing that next week when you play whoever, they're probably most likely to nominate Dusty from your side because they want Dusty as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, you could be very tactical about it, couldn't you? Right. We're going to nominate someone that we don't think another – that will help our club, but we don't think another club will want to take off our hands. Yeah, that's good. Daniel Sutherland gets in touch. Hey, guys. Given Nathan Buckley's new laid-back philosophy to life, I mean, it really is. The change in Buckley this year is staggering. The way he talks about, hey, you know, don't worry about it. Like, uh, just one more week of finals, man. Like, he's so zen. I just, it's kind of like, have you ever seen Office Space, that Mike Judge film, where the guy goes to the hypnotist because he hates work so much, and he's like, can you just, like, hypnotize me so I just don't care about work, I just think I'm fishing or something? But then the hypnotist has a heart attack halfway through the hypnosis, and the guy only gets the first part of the message, which is, you don't give a shit. And so he just goes through life cruising, but he just keeps getting promoted. Things just keep working out for him. It's like, that's what's happened to Nathan Buckley. He let go of the top five list. He grew a beard, started oming, and now all this has happened. He's manifested his destiny. I think it's more like the Harrison Ford classic regarding Henry. This is regarding Nathan. The uh, high-flying, uh, you know, intense corporate executive who has like a, a trauma and becomes this like simple, lovable, you know, like person that everybody actually likes a lot. Yeah. So it's regarding Nathan. Regarding Nathan. I feel the footy world has lost an important tool of statistical analysis. Na- analysis. Now he's not doing his top five lists. With your poor understanding yeah, of the game, I believe you are amply qualified to pick up the baton and include a regular top five list in your program. Suggestions include your most shocking Sockgate revelations, including Harry Taylor's playing Harry Taylor playing an entire game with ham in his socks, or Danger's <laughs> inability to wear charity socks because of his disproportionately shaped legs. Or a top five Richmond moments list is another good example. Cheers and keep up the good work. So essentially it's kind of a bit like a Dave Letterman's top ten list, but top five. I would like to know if Nathan Buckley has abandoned his top five list. If it is that sense of going, why would I judge movies against each other? They're just movies, man. You like what you like. Who needs a top five movies? I just like movies. I mean, do you think it is a thing of he's just such a competitive beast, everything ranks? Well, at least, you know, prior to 2018, that was how he operated. Like, life is a competition. You know, you've got you've got to have targets and goals. You've got to know where you are at each time. You've got to have measurable data. Do you think that's where it comes from? Yeah, absolutely. I think that everything was about competition. Yeah. Brad Warren. Uh, hey, guys, as a Geelong supporter, just had to watch how disappointing Melbourne was. I would like to invite Will to delight in the Cats' potential failures next year. Well, this relates back to what we were talking about well, earlier. Richmond, you worked, and the demons seem to be responding to your taunts. <laughs> Can they? I think... I think that Geelong are immune, though, because I have been picking Geelong to not make the finals. I think every single year we've done this podcast and they've made the finals every year. So I think maybe my kiss of death powers don't travel down as far as Geelong. I'll get you started. 
you can start uh, Geelong, a Geelong way from the top, catastrophe, catatonic, whatever you choose is sure to help. Just don't believe in us. It's the surest thing I've found for success. Cat <laughs> uh, Zoltilif. Oh, okay. So this is one of the many um, Nat Fife, Nat Life uh, articles have been sent. Should we just get into it? Have a read yep. of one of these? So this is from the West Australian, Crystal Sanders. Docker, Nat Fife to strut the catwalk at Telstra Perth Fashion Festival. Nat Fife is expected to walk down the runway for a second time at the Perth Telstra Fashion Festival. Remaining coy about its involvement, this sh- <laughs> this free-thinking in- extrovert, no, introvert, no, they didn't say that. Remaining coy about his involvement, it seems Fife is all but confirmed is all but confirmed to star at Opposite Stadium's Fashion Paramount on the festival's closing night on Friday. I can't confirm anything at this stage, he told the Weekend West. The Fremantle Dockers captain and ambassador for the festival made his Fashion Society debut. Last year, when he opened the men's runway show for menswear, boutique, Parker and Co. Quote, I really enjoyed the experience and I got to mingle with a few, with a different crowd of people and I was keen to have a go again, Fife said. We are very much pigeonholed into one box with our professional sporting careers. So to be able to broaden the platform and do a few different things, I'm a really small fish in a really big pond in the fashion world. He also encourages those who are not into fashion to get involved in the festival events across the city. People say sleepy old Perth has not much going on, but with Elizabeth Key and the new buildings going up in the city. <laughs> I'm not sure that people in Perth think that, but clearly we now know that's what Nat Five thinks. <laughs> people say Perth, sleepy old Perth has not much going on with uh, Elizabeth Key, uh, but with Elizabeth Key and the new buildings going up in the city, the pop-up bars are everywhere. The whole dynamic of this city is changing, Five said. It's become a cool place to live, work and go out. In the video that I watched of him, uh, the backstage thing where he's doing a shoot for Parker and Co., he actually made a good point, which he said that in every other kind of major sporting code around the world, the tie in between fashion and sport is quite high. Like athletes will be models and spokespersons stuff. And he said it's kind of a bit strange that it hasn't happened yet, especially is when you look at the way the players dress now. Like they're all fashionistas. They're all got their own bloody T-shirt companies. They're like, I mean, don't you think it's funny when they – have footage of players arriving at their ground after a loss or whatever. I like to watch it just to see the arrangement of like trucker hats and like hoodies and what trainers they're wearing and stuff. Like I love to see the gear that the players get around in when they're not in their like uniforms or their tracksuits. I um, saw Jake Lever this morning. Uh, he came into the radio show and he came in in very much your sort of like athletic shorts and sort of athletic t-shirt like he'd just been for a jog. Now he hadn't just been for a jog because – yeah, you know, he has a bung knee and he's not back running yet. But I, I, I did wonder. It gave us a good opportunity to look at his knee. And I wonder if he dressed with, like, knowing people are going to want to look at my knee and see how my knee is. So I might as well have my knee out on display. <laughs> Laura Farrell gets in touch. Hey, guys. Oh, by the way, there was about, I'm just counting, there was, 10 messages here, all links to Nat5. So thank you everyone for, with cute little like subject headings, um, Fife's modeling again, uh, what a Hansel, look at this introvert, <laughs> look at this free thinking introvert, <laughs> so shy, what a humble dude. All right. Yeah. Love it. Great. Thank you. Keep them coming. Laura, Laura Farrell gets in touch. Hey guys, uh, heard something interesting on the uniform saga a few weeks ago, meant to write in, never did. Until now, 
Turns out, when Collingwood played in Sydney against the Swans, um, Brody Majacek? Yep, Majacek, that's right. Lost his bags and had to wear Sam McClarty's uniform during the game instead. So, oh. do the players have to try? Is that pot? No, you can't wear someone else's number, can you? No, they must have. I oh, bet they would have the spare jumper. Yeah. But he wouldn't want his shorts and socks. So, do the players have to transport their own uniforms? Do they collect them from the club on the Thursday before they leave? What about the number? I've been thinking about it for weeks. Love the pod. Sorry, the footy season has been so long for you both. Uh, I think we've already established that. The player, depending on the club, players bring like shorts and boots and then i think everything yeah. else is provided by the but i think most clubs are br- like the clubs are bringing the jumpers yeah the property steward right that's what their job yep. is uh, uh, uh. oh no that's it we're up to date up to date on all our whispers from the west so should we look ahead to tonight and tomorrow's game yeah absolutely so tonight at the mcg uh the hawks are taking on the demons um unless cyril comes back and i still haven't ruled it out uh, I would say that Melbourne will uh, will win that, and uh, yeah, still life in the Melbourne season. Yeah, I part of me thinks like uh, Hawth- like Hawthorne are just that grizzled old veteran that you just can't write off, and maybe the the maybe the occasion will get to Melbourne, but I don't know. I think the big test for Melbourne was last week. If they had like choked, then I feel like now they're settled, they've played a final, they have confidence in themselves, they know how they have to play. So I'll pick Melbourne as well. Sorry, Michael. Yeah, sorry, Michael, that you only got one, uh, well, two rounds of finals. <laughs> Pretty tough season for Hawthorne supporters. And then Collingwood take on GWS at the MCG. Um, this is an interesting game. Interesting. I'd be disappointed if Collingwood go out in straight sets because I think they deserve better than that. But GWS were good. Would you really be disappointed to see Collingwood exit the finals in straight sets? I mean, isn't some part of you, some latent AFL part of you, just like, it's Collingwood. Like, we'd love to see them exit in straight sets, especially especially knowing the year they've had. Doesn't that just make it all the more sweeter? Next week would be Collingwood-Richmond. Yeah. Collingwood-Richmond at the MCG in Melbourne. I guess what I'm barracking for is that. I think that's a better... I would love to see that. Collingwood can lose then. And if they lose to Richmond... In like the preliminary final, you you still as a Collingwood fan go, okay, we had a pretty good season, but you know we don't see Collingwood win the premiership. There you go. I'll, I'll have that as a compromise position. It's it's, and I guess you got to wonder too. Like, no one has really sort of talked seriously about GWS as a premiership contender. Like, they could go to a prelim, but no one's really talked about them even playing in a grand final. If they don't, and then they lose, say like a Dylan Shield or a couple other players, which it sounds like there's a bit of a squeeze happening at the moment. Like, that's got to be alarm bells, right? I don't know. Because, like, they played that pr- pretty much that entire game on the weekend without Kelly. Yeah. They haven't got Scully in the team at the moment. There's a bunch of those. I actually think that they probably can lose a couple of players and still, you know, be in the finals and be in the mix again next year. They're like a shark's mouth. You know how, like, a shark, like, it breaks a tooth and another one just, like, pops up and replaces it? <laughs> just keep eating? Yeah, I think that, yeah, <laughs> I think that they are... Indeed, like a shark's mouth. I think that will be what Leon Cameron and the uh, list managers at GWS will be yeah. like. Just on the board, they'll just have a picture of a shark's mouth. Well, LL Cool J once famously said his head was like a shark's fin. Uh, I think it's fair to say GWS are like a shark's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is about par for the course of our football analysis on this show. Um, all right, cool. Who do you well, think let's... will win? Do you think GWS oh. or Collingwood? 
I feel like Collingwood, Collingwood at the G. Come, you know, I, I just, I mean, I part of me, I like GWS. I think yeah, I, too. I, I think I, I just like, I like watching them play. I think it'd be a great game. I, I wouldn't be upset if GWS won. You've talked me into next week. That's great. I'm all for that. But if GWS won tomorrow night, I would be okay with that. And if GWS win tomorrow, then I, I think that they have a chance of rolling Richmond as well. They're a, they're a team that I think would actually match up pretty well against Richmond if yeah. they're on a roll, if they start playing really well, if they get Kelly back. I think it, it's really exciting. There's a lot of good teams left in the finals at this point. Yeah. Um, oh, we can't do any locks for the week because there's only two games. <laughs> oh, well. Maybe make a prediction. Make that your lock of the week. Make a prediction for one of the two games. I am going to say that Toby Green goes to kick someone in the face and they duck and he jumps over their head. And that's my lock of the week. Uh, I'm going to say Dylan Scheel to announce after the game that he's coming to the Saints on $1.3 million a year for seven years. And that's my lock of the week. And of course, my lock of the last six weeks is that Cyril plays the night. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, you can go to our website, tofop.com, to check out this and many other podcasts. You can go to our Facebook page, Two Guys, One Cup. Oh, we have a live show, European Beer Cafe, the day after the grand final in Melbourne with Michael and Adam from Junk Time AFL. Tickets are available. You can go to our website, that's tofop.com, to buy tickets now. I believe it's already half sold out, so you want to get in quick. And uh, my Will Eagle tour, Packen and Bendigo, uh, Noosa, Townsville, and the Sydney Opera House, uh, less than a month away now, October the 13th, if you are in Sydney. Uh, anything else to promote? That's it. We love no, football. We love getting things wrong. Send us your sock stories. Send us your whispers from your West, your questions from Queensland. No, what was it called? Your uh, <laughs> news from up north, your Gold Coast gossip, Qu or your whispers from the West. Questions from Queensland, I will also accept those. <laughs> Play on, not 15. Ball. We are two guys, one car.